I want to tell you guys that God has a great plan for your life. God loves you no matter where you are in your life. God loves you the way that you are. And God's desire is that you would build a relationship with him every day. Amen. Okay. And know that you are very precious to God. Amen. Can you look at yourself and say, I'm precious to God? Yeah. Put your hands over your chest or anywhere you would like and say, I'm precious to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So today I've got this word that Lord has put inside of my heart. And, and, um, and I would like to begin today's word with a story. And this story is a, is a familiar story for all of us. If you have been through Sunday school, then you would have heard it a couple of times. If uh, based on this, we have heard a lot of sermons. And I'm adding on to those sermons today, right? Okay, so it's the story of Cain and Abel. How many of us remember that? How many of us have learned about them in our Sunday school? I think most of us, right? Okay, wonderful. Right, so if, you, if you're wondering where this story is, then you can turn your Bibles to Genesis 4 and read the whole chapter. That's where... The scripture talks about these two people, Cain and Abel. So what is their story? One day after the creation of the world, God takes out Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. They're, they are sent to a different place and from there they are supposed to work. And then they have children and Cain and Abel are born to them. Once they are born, they are allotted work. Cain is the person who was working in the agricultural field. He was the one who was supposed to grow up the plants and all those things. And he was an agriculturist and, uh, uh, and our Abel was a shepherd. He was looking after the livestock. He was looking after the cattle and all those things. So that was their job. So one day they both bring a sacrifice to God. Cain bought what he made. What did Cain bring? He brought his priciest crop or uh, his plants, vegetation that he had been uh, that he has been working on. He brought all that to God and said, "God, here it is. This is my offering to you." Whereas Abel, he brought the animal and he made a sacrifice before God. And as you would all know, God was pleased with what Abel did and he was not that pleased with Cain. And then there is a conversation that is happening between God and Cain. It's like a court scene, if you have to imagine it. It's like a court scene where God is the judge and Cain is the defendant. God comes down to Cain and asks him, Hey Cain, what have you done? What have you done to your brother? And then Cain tells God or replies back to God saying that, Am I my brother's keeper? Don't I have some other better job to do? Do you think that that's the only job that I have? And there is a conversation that is happening between God and Cain. And this conversation teaches us a lot of things. And let me tell you, this is an important thing for all of us to understand and also to learn. What do we do when God confronts us? What do we do when God confronts us? How do I respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? When the Holy Spirit, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit comes to a person's life, he convicts them. So when the Holy Spirit comes to our life and convicts, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond to his conviction? How am I going to respond when my leaders would confront me? When my leaders would ask me about the things that I'm doing? What would I do at that time? The response that we have at that time would, will dictate how our life would turn around. The response that we have 
at that time with the Holy Spirit or the leaders, I believe the Lord is the one who appoints leaders over our life. Leaders does, does not just walk into our life, but I believe it is an appointment of God over life. So whatever kind of leader that you have, you might have a good leader, bad leader, horrible leader, whatever it is. The Lord is the one who appoints leaders because the scripture says that it is he who raises up people. It is him who appoints people, not just inside the church, but it is also happening outside the church. Sometimes we can worry when things don't happen the way that we wanted it to happen. Sometimes we worry when the people uh, take the place of authority. People who are not standing for us would take the place of authority. We are in a kind of doubt. We are kind of, uh, we have this fear inside of us whether their appointment comes from the Lord. Let me tell you clearly that it is God's appointment. They are God's appointment. So there is no dispute about that fact that every leader that God places, it is his appointment. So how we respond to them is also very critical for our spiritual life, how we grow, how we show the character of Jesus through our life. Amen. That's something that God wants us to do, that we always reflect Jesus, like how we learned last week, that we are, the week before, uh, that God wants us to follow the example of Jesus. God wants us to live the life of Jesus lived while he was on earth. So how do I respond to the Holy Spirit and also to the leaders that God has placed above your life. Okay, so there are a few pointers that I have written down that I want to share with you. The things that I learned from the life of Cain, how he responded when God confronted him. What are the mistakes that he made and what are the mistakes that we can avoid when God comes to us and asks us the question? Because if we are not prepared for this, we can destroy our life. We can live a life that does not please God. Okay, so let's begin. The first mistake that Cain did and the mistake that we need to avoid is the achievement trap. It is the achievement trap. See, what did Cain do? Cain brought the things that he thought would please God. He brought the things that he thought, he imagined that this is going to please God. But you don't see in the scripture that he is before God and asking him, God, what do you want me to bring? He cared less for what God wanted him to do. He did not care what God wanted. He thought, okay, let me bring this. This should satisfy God. And that's, some, that's a similar kind of mistake that people often make in their life where they bring things to God. They, they do things before God thinking that they, these things that they do is going to please God. But let me tell you, we have to be very careful. In, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, 24, it says like this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father, if you can uh, project it from uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 21 to 24. Sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 21 to 24. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. See, when we are doing things according to our desire, according to our will and not spending time in the presence of God and asking him, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is what happens. 
the lord says that i never knew you because you were continuing in your lawless practices in the things that you felt that you wanted to do even though you had a facade or you had you tried to mask it under the pretext or pretense that you are doing something for me you tried to hide behind that but let me tell you now it's gone i want you to understand that you have been doing things that were not pleasing to me it's a dangerous thing see what does the lord say here he is saying depart from me move away from me get out from my presence and that's a dangerous thing guys at any time in our life we cannot leave the presence of god if we leave the presence of god we are sent into the presence of the demons we are sent into the presence of the devil we cannot be there we cannot afford to be there because when you are in the presence of god only there we can enjoy the goodness of god without the presence of god there is no goodness so we have to be very careful of what we are doing with our life sometimes we can be happy oh god you've put me in this place oh god you have made me a pastor you have made me a worship leader i'm so glad but what if that is not something that god wants you to do so we need to get into the presence of god the sacrifice that we bring into the presence of god matters the life that we live while we are on earth matters be very careful and we see here that cain is becoming angry at god he is becoming angry at god he does not take a moment to look back and do something about it he is still angry and that's something that we all can relate to sometimes we work a lot for our leader we work for our company or and then they tell us hey there is something wrong in you there's something the thing that you are doing the way that you are behaving with somebody your attitude is not that great and then we become angry we become like that hulk hey what authority do you have to say something like that to me what authority do you have Cain was also angry at God God why didn't you accept my sacrifice why were you not pleased with my sacrifice don't you know that i brought the best thing that i grew in this ground don't you know that i worked hard day and night to bring this thing to make this altar and bring the sacrifice don't you know the effort and hard work that i did we are angry at God we are we are angry at our leaders because of the effort that we have put in but is that the right thing to do i've often felt sometimes when i did something when i worked hard and and then when we go unappreciated we feel angry and then i have to sit in the presence of god i have to listen to the holy spirit and he tells me hey is there a reason for your anger is your anger a righteous anger are you behaving in the right way so he questions and then when he speaks to me i come to this understanding that hey i was the one who was wrong i was the one who was wrong yes i know that we need to be appreciated appreciation will keep us motivated will help us move forward we need appreciation in our life i'm not saying that we shouldn't get appreciation from our leaders as a leader i want to appreciate people when i see people do good things when i when they are excellent in what they do i appreciate them but appreciation will not help us grow we need correction as well right we need correction we cannot get angry at god or even at our leaders when they come with correction we cannot do that we cannot afford to do that because when we ignore the correction of the lord we are ignoring the good path that he is laying before us narrow is the path towards life that's what the scripture says broad is the path towards destruction and death it's easy to walk on a broader path you will not hit against something but when you are narrow when you're walking on a narrow road you have to be very careful 
the correction that we receive is always good. The discipline that we receive is always good. Don't get angry at God. Don't get angry at your leader. When they're coming with the correction, when God comes to you with the correction, think, ask the Holy Spirit and humble down first and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there any truth to it? My leader has said something like this. You know my heart. You know what is running inside of me. And if you believe that this, this is the character, this is a character issue that I have, reveal it to me and give me that humility so that I can turn away from my sinful ways and so that I can walk in your goodness, even though it can hurt me. And he is bitter at God. Cain is bitter. He is bitter that God has shown him his failure. He doesn't recognize that his failure was his own. He tries to blame it on Abel. He ignores that his mistake was his own. Think for this a moment. What did Cain do? He was supposed to bring the right kind of sacrifice before God, which he did not. And once the Lord confronted him, he became so angry at God that he vented his anger on Abel. What did he do? He, he murdered Abel because God was not pleased with him. He was bitter. And that's something that we need to recognize in our heart. Am I becoming bitter? When somebody brings a correction into our life, and when I hear that correction, do I become bitter or do I become better out of that situation? What is the condition of my heart? He was so bitter. He was thinking, constantly thinking in his heart, in his mind. Why did God reject me and accept Abel's sacrifice? Why did God reject me? What, what was the reason? And he concluded that the reason for his rejection was Abel and not his sacrifice. He concluded that. The more he thought about how God was pleased with Abel, the more bitter he became. The comparisons that we have in our life. When we see our brothers who just joined the ministry yesterday, who just came as a visitor yesterday in the church, is becoming better and he is, he is growing in his life. And we feel as a 10-year-old in Christian life, as a 50-year-old in Christian life, as a 30-year-old in Christian life, we're thinking, oh God, why are you doing this to me? I have been following you for 15 years. I have been following you for 20 years. See, he came only yesterday. He joined the church yesterday. Now you are promoting him. Why are you showing me injustice? Don't you think this injustice is killing me? I was the same kind of attitude that Cain had towards Abel. We need to change that when we understand that there is a problem inside our heart and we don't deal with it, then we can become bitter. It's not become bitter. But let's, when we, when the Lord confronts us, when the Holy Spirit confronts our heart, let us be sure. Let us make sure that we are not giving into bitterness, but we are taking it as a correction and leading our life towards the goodness of God. And then he tried to justify himself. And that's something that, that people always do. When they do a mistake, when they commit a mistake, they justify. Why were you late? Oh, because I had this issue, this problem. Recently, I asked one person, hey, uh, this was a responsibility that you were supposed to do and you were supposed to update us on this particular date. And immediately, the person says, hey, I didn't have time. I didn't have time. That's the reason why I did that. 
And I was wondering, why, why is it so hard for us to acknowledge our mistake? Why is it so hard for us to say, I'm sorry? I'm sorry that I could not keep time. I could not complete that task on that specific day that I had to delay it because of few reasons. But we are giving excuses. That's our immediate answer. I did not have time. Don't tell me you don't have time. There are leaders around the world who have 24 hours like us, but they are able to accomplish much with that. And we say that we don't have time. We have time. It is that we don't prioritize it or we have not planned it. We try to justify. We try to give different kinds of excuses. We try to give different kinds of answers and try to justify ourselves before the people. See, don't try to justify. Who are we trying to prove? Who are we trying to prove? If we are trying to prove Lord that we are right, he knows the intention. He knows how much time we had. He knows how many resources we had. He knows everything that is running in this head. So to tell him some kind of excuses, it is not going to stand before God. It might stand before people, but before God, let me tell you, you will show yourself as a stupid person. I'm not calling you stupid, but when we bring such kind of excuse before God, so we need to be very careful. Am I trying to justify when the Lord comes to me and tries to confront me, what do I do? Let's hear out him. Let's hear him out. Let's see what is the Lord trying to communicate? What is my leader trying to communicate? Don't take it as an offense. Don't take it as an offense or don't take it as a finger that is pointed towards our character. Let's immediately go inside our heart and check, hey, is there any problem in, in me that I can change? That response will bring greater and better result than becoming bitter and giving justifications. Man. What the Lord requires us is to accept our sin and acknowledge that there is sin in us. What does the Lord require? The Lord requires us to accept our sin and also to acknowledge the sin nature inside of us. And this is something that we all struggle with. See, our intention is always uh, right sometimes. What is our intention of justifying ourselves. See, we want to look good, right? We want to look good. That's the reason why we find the best barber or the hairdresser uh, in our locality. Every time we spend hours and hours before the mirror just to get that hair right, just to remove that pimple, I'm making sure that my shirt is properly fitting, my churidar is properly fitting and I see all around me uh, if everything is okay, if there is any tear in the cloth, does my face look flawless and we apply all those things in our face, all those chemicals. I'm not against, go ahead guys, you do, uh, you do whatever you can to make yourself presentable. But there, there is a desire inside of us. We want to look flawless. And that's the same thing that happens some, when somebody confronts us. Because we want to look as clean as possible before people and before God. But what does the Lord require? This is what the Lord requires. Psalms 32 verses 3 to 5. Psalms 32 verses 3 to 5. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, 
For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality failed as the dry heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not hide my guilt. I said I will confess my wrongdoings to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. When I kept silent, guys listen to me very carefully. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. This is what happens to all of us. When we try to hide our sin inside of us, when we are not ready to acknowledge that I have done something wrong, I have done something that, that, that is not pleasing to God, it reflects in my body. The Lord confronts Cain and tells him, Hey, why does your face look gloomy? When you're hiding your sin inside, you cannot bring out the joy of the Lord. When you're hiding sin inside, you cannot bring the peace of God. And it is easily recognized by people and even by God. So don't try to hide things inside of you. Don't try to hide your sin. Verse 5, listen to what it says. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I acknowledged. I said, hey, I, am, I have done it. I have committed that sin, God. I'm not trying to hide anything from you. That confession matters. The confession that we bring before God matters. Tell God, God, I've done something wrong. And who are you confessing to? You're confessing it to your father who understands you. He's not asking you to confess before him because he wants to beat you up, to put you behind jail, to put you in the darkest corner of hell. No, that's not the reason why he's asking you to confess. The reason why he is asking you to confess is that he, you will have forgiveness of sin. You will have forgiveness of sin. When you are exposing yourself before God, it is you are exposing yourself before your father and nobody else. Let that be clear to us. Let that bring assurance to us that every time that I commit a sin, Every time that I do something wrong, every time that I do something that does not please God and I bring it before God and open my heart before Him, I acknowledge the sin inside of me. He is there to forgive me. He is there to forgive me. God is not there to condemn you. It is the job of devil to condemn you. If you're listening to condemnation, then you have to stop that voice from speaking to you. What God does is that he will give you that assurance. Hey, I know that you have done. Did you, did Cain, see, this really makes me wonder. I wonder what was Cain thinking when he was standing before God? That God didn't, that God did not know what he did? Was God that stupid? God knew that Cain had already killed his brother. He knew but he wanted him to say it out to him. See, when you and I commit a sin, God already knows that you have, you and I have committed a sin. He already knows. There is, there is nothing that we can hide before him. Everything that happens in this world, everything is plain and clear before him. There is nothing that we can hide. The scripture says that even if I go and lie down in, in, in the darkest corner of the world, even there you will find me. You will know the intentions of my heart. So there is no hiding from God. So if we can understand that, it becomes easier to expose our sin before him. Acknowledge that sin and say, God, I've done it because he's my father. I have an assurance that when I talk to my father, he will forgive me. The second mistake that Cain did was that he was unrepentant. The second that he, mistake that Cain did was that he was unrepentant. And this is a mistake that we need to avoid. He does not show any kind of remorse for the act that he committed. He had the opportunity to turn around. 
he was warned by the law to guard himself from the sin that caused his parents to fall he did that god tells cain that cain if you're not careful then sin will overpower you if you're not guarding your heart sin will overpower you it is the the desire of sin is towards you to mass to be a master over you when sin becomes your master you're taking god away from your life so don't let sin become your master because he is a very cruel master sin is a very cruel master he will destroy you lord warned him but he did not heed to that warning he was unrepentant he did not say god you do whatever you want i don't care and then he allowed that bitterness to grow inside of him and thereby he killed his brother he murdered his brother because he was not unrepentant why are people unrepentant the reason why people are unrepentant is because they are having pride in their heart they feel that they don't need to repent because they are righteous they thinking that how can i do something wrong how can i do something wrong i am a perfect person look at me can't you see that halo above my head or oh, halo sorry halo above my head can't you see how saint i am how much of a saint i am we are unrepentant because of the pride the self righteousness inside of us makes us take wrong decisions stops us from repenting before god stops us from accepting our mistake our sin our disobedience the lord is asking him hey where is your brother and he says that i am am i my brother's keeper am i my brother's keeper we we are not responsible for the people when we know that my neighbor who is not known god is walking into a eternal destruction and i keep quiet i behave like cain when i know my friends who are not walking with the lord who does not know the salvation of christ and i keep silent i'm behaving like cain saying am i my brother's keeper he takes that responsibility off from his life and says that i'm not responsible for my brother god has made you and me responsible for the people that we meet with if you can't share the gospel at least pray for them pray that god somehow they would they would come to you somehow their hearts would be softened so that they will receive the word they will change and if it is possible share the word with them let us not ignore our responsibility let's take up that responsibility that god if you give an opportunity to me i want to share i want to share this gospel with somebody i want to share your love with someone let's be responsible when we are unrepentant it leads us to rebelliousness you're rebelling against the commandments of god so many times i've seen people who silently rebel they are not vocal about it but they silently rebel how is this how does this silent rebellion work they don't cooperate and this is something that i have done i i, I was a master in silent rebellion and i can tell you how is how it works when a when when our leader comes to me when my leader would come to me and say hey we need to do something like this i would not say anything i would just keep silent i won't give any kind of feedback i won't give any i won't add to that conversation i would just keep silent why because there is rebelliousness inside of me because i am not ready to do the task that my leader is asking me to do so i keep silent because it's so convenient to me because it's so easy for me to be silent than do that 
task that is assigned when we are planning to do something and my leader says hey vinal can you contribute something to it yeah i will do that i'll say it but in my heart of hearts i know that i'm not ready to do it there is a story in the bible about two sons a father comes to his two sons and says hey i need a, i want you to do this in the field the first son says i will not do it father but later on he recognizes his mistake and goes ahead and does what his father asked him and there is another son and the son says yes father i will do it your wish is my command but he doesn't do it and then jesus is asking this question who did the will of god the first one or the second one the first one see sometimes we are so evil and wicked inside our heart i recognize that evil inside of me i recognize that wickedness which was deep inside of me and i said god i cannot allow this to grow because if i do that then this is what would get reflected of my life i would don't want to be a silent rebel when things don't happen in our way let me tell you guys this is something that we all need to be very careful when things does not happen in the way that you wanted it to happen how do you respond when your leader takes a decision which did not make you happy which did not please you how do you respond to it will you cooperate with them or will you walk in rebellion you might not vocalize that rebellion you might not vocalize your dissent but by your behavior that becomes so evident and for me I, that was the kind of life that i lived so my mentor had to tell me hey vinal if you don't change this now this is going to affect your life because whatever is running inside here inside your heart it spills out guys and when you have a leader that uh, who when you have a leader who is spending time with the lord day and night they can easily recognize it they can easily recognize it let us be repentant let us repent in the first instance let us not be silent let us not make our heart hardened let us not make our heart hardened but let it let us be quick to repent let us not be like cain who tried to ignore the facts when the lord tried to confront him the third mistake that cain did was that he was just thinking about his survival he was just thinking about his survival the lord tells him that what you have done is wrong and there is a judgment which is pronounced over his life and cain says god people will recognize me as a murderer and they will kill me i will be a vagabond i will be a wanderer wherever i go people will find me and kill me please help me even now he was unrepentant he was just thinking about how would i survive and that's the mistake that we all do the people can do i'm not saying that you are doing that mistake i'm saying that all of us will have bits and bytes of it here and there and we need to recognize it if we can recognize it it will lead us to life so he thinks of his security and how people would treat him and when people are unrepentant this is what happens they just think about how are they going to survive they move out from the church they move out 
from the fellowship and they're just thinking about how they, how are they going to survive they find another church where nobody talks about anything where everything is lovey-dovey and once a correction comes from there immediately they jump from that church to another church and till everything is good for them they continue there when everything is good for them they they fellowship they say oh man this is the place where i this is the place that god had found for me this is the place where 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 god wants me to grow and then somebody comes and says hey your attitude is not right and they say what are you saying you are telling me my attitude is wrong you need to look at your attitude how dare you come and tell me that i have an attitude issue and they move out and they find another place of security what is the place of security that they want the place of security that they want is that nobody tells them they are wrong nobody points out their mistake everybody says that hey you are looking good man look at you you are perfect there is nobody like you that's all that's what we want to hear right be frank eh when people would come to us what do we want to hear we want to hear good things about ourselves and that's a that's a mistake that's a that that's where we find our security in and we think that everything is going well i met with this person recently and we had we were having this conversation and it was an interesting conversation i'm not going to tell what the conversation was and we were talking for 15 minutes and 20 minutes and all the while this person had only one thing to say that he is right and everybody else is wrong he is right and everybody else everybody is else is doing the wrong thing hey look at that pastor look at this man of god they are doing wrong why are they jumping on the stage why are they dancing like this and this this was not the conversation that we had so don't go and imagine it out so we we find security in that it, it becomes easier for us to live among people who are praising us right if we have 10 people around us who are like hey vinel what you did that what you did that day, that day man it was awesome thank you so much hey vinal what you preached down on that day man it just changed my life oh hallelujah we want we want to be like that let me tell you there is a danger in it as well if we are just thinking of our survival and if we are not ready to repent then it can destroy our life the fourth thing that he does is he leaves the presence of god he leaves the presence of god i want you to read that scripture today if possible once the not now once the service is over before you sleep read that whole chapter genesis chapter 4 it's a great learning of how to protect our heart the fourth thing that he does is he leaves the presence of god and the fourth thing that we need to avoid is don't leave the presence of god whatever you do in your life know that god will accept you your sin might be as dark as scarlet but there is forgiveness in the presence of god what happens when we run away from god when we run away from god we lose our security we lose our hope we lose our peace we lose our joy we lose our happiness that's what happens we lose our eternity as well when we leave the presence of god so that offense that he had with god that king had with god he said god i cannot stay in your presence see that offense 
which is inside us, if we are not ready to deal with, we will keep running. We'll keep running away from the presence of God. We'll keep running we'll away from one church to another because if we are not ready to, because we have not dealt with that heart which was highly offendable. When the Holy Spirit comes to us and he tells us to recognize the offense that is inside of us, be ready to accept it and say, God, help me deal with this offense. I am offended with that pastor. I am offended with my brother. I am offended with my sister. How can I make it right, Lord? Give me wisdom. How can I ensure that I walk in godliness? How can I stay in your presence and take this offense away from my heart? That should be our prayer. That should be our desire. And not running away from the presence of God. Don't run away from the presence of God at any cost. It is in the presence of God where you will find solutions to your problems. Not running away from it. Cain ran away from the presence of God. And do you know that his lineage stopped with him? Yeah, you read about Lamech and all. And from the next chapter onwards, the Bible records the lineage of Seth, the third child of Adam and Eve. He is forgotten. Cain, Cain does not appear anywhere. Whenever there is a reference of Cain, it talks about rebellion. It talks about how unrepentant he was. That's the kind of life he portrayed before the world. And that's what the Lord wants us to understand and also leave. Let us cling to the presence of God. The Holy Spirit will always remind us of our ways when we walk away from the precepts kept by God. How we respond is important. Do we respond like Cain? Do we ignore the warnings? Do we accept what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do? And how do we respond to him? See, the scripture says whenever there is a confrontation or whenever there is a sin that we commit, there is a sorrow that we all have respective of believer, unbeliever, a sorrow is produced. The first time we committed a sin, the first time we did something wrong, in our heart we felt, hey, I did something wrong. Right? Is it relatable to all of us? Can I have a thumbs up or something? When we did our first sin, and it produced a sorrow inside of us. The scripture says there are two kinds of sorrow. There are two kinds of sorrow. Sorrow of God and sorrow of world. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. It reads like this. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. But the sorrow of the world produces death. What kind of sorrow do we have? Is our sorrow that is according to the world or is our sorrow which is according to the will of God. What kind of sorrow do you have? The sorrow that we have, which is according to the will of God, will produce repentance. There is a freedom when we repent according to the will of God. The will of God for our repentance is that we reject 
the sinful ways. Then when we look back, we don't become a pillar of salt like how Lot's wife was. When she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. We don't have to look back. The sinful lifestyle that we left before meeting God, we don't have to look at it anymore. We don't have to find pleasure in it. We shouldn't find pleasure in the life that we had before we met with the Lord. We have to renounce it. We have to say goodbye to it. We have to say no more with you. No more am I, walk, am I going to walk with you. There's a famous song, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. And that's the song that we need to sing. And that's the song that we will have when the sorrow is from the Lord. The sorrow of the world. What does it do? The sorrow of the world traps us in guilt. The sorrow of the world traps us in guilt. It makes us hopeless. Have you come across people who say, I don't know. But I think I will die in this thing. I'll die in my sin. I've come across people who have said it. For me, it is difficult to leave that, that habit. Can you stop your alcoholism? No, I don't think I can. They know that there is something wrong in them, but they're not ready to leave. Can you stop smoking? No, I can't. I'm an addicted to it. I'm addicted to it. I can't stop it. They know that what they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is sinful because they're destroying their body. But they still walk in that way. They don't change their life. That's what the sorrow of the world would do to a person. They recognize they are wrong. They recognize, they, they recognize the sin. They recognize what they're doing is not right, but they still continue in it. They still walk in it. And that's what the sorrow of the world would produce. It does not make you repent. It makes you wallow in that sin until you drown in it and you are killed in that sin. We need to come out of it, guys. We need to have the right kind of sorrow. The sorrow which is coming from the Lord will make us repent. Will say that, hey, I have done something wrong. I have done something which is not right. I recognize the need of a savior in my life. I recognize the need of God in my life. I need. I recognize the need that I need to say goodbye to my old lifestyle. I need to follow the life that God has kept for me. I need to walk in the path that God has kept for me. And you walk in it. That is what the repentance of the Lord will do to you. It helps you say goodbye and good night to the world. And say, hey, I'm embracing this new lifestyle. I'm embracing the life that God is giving to me. What do we need to do? Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8. It says like this. Therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Therefore bear fruit, produce fruit, consistent with repentance. What the. What. John the Baptist says here is this. That if you have indeed repented from the sinful lifestyle. If you have indeed. Said goodbye to the world. You need to produce the fruit of the spirit. You and I need to produce the fruit of the spirit. What is the fruit of the spirit? Galatians chapter 5 verses 20 to 25. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 25. Let's read it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
self-control. Against such thing there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by spirit, let us follow the spirit as well. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. That's what the scripture says that when you recognize it, when you recognize the sinful nature inside of you and when you, when you find out that there is a fruit that you need to bear, what you would do is that you would crucify your flesh with all its passion, all its desire. Listen to what the scripture says here. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus, if you truly believe that you belong to Christ Jesus, then you will crucify yourself. Wow, crucify the flesh. Guys, this is the thing that we need to do. Let's crucify with all its passion, with all its desires. Let us not allow our, our flesh to manifest. Let us, let us give ourselves to the Holy Spirit and walk in the way that He charts for us. And in that, we have life. In that, we have eternal life. In that, we have joy. In that, we have happiness. In that, we have satisfaction. In that, we have completeness. In that, we will attain perfection. We will grow into the stature of Christ when we are following Christ, when we are following the, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, when we are ready to recognize the correction that He brings in, and when we are ready to say, God, no more of the world, no more of the flesh, no more of the sinful lifestyle. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to walk with you. That begins a transformation in our life. That begins a new life within us, and it will bring us the best out of us and it will bring out the destiny that God has for us and that's what I want to encourage with all encourage you all with that you and I would walk with the Holy Spirit every day that we recognize the speaking of the Holy Spirit that we recognize the correction of the Holy Spirit that we don't behave like Cain that we don't rebel like Cain that we don't become unrepentant like Cain that we don't leave the presence of God like Cain that we will walk into the presence of God that we will repent that we will not walk in rebellion but we will walk in obedience. That's what the Lord wants us to do today. That's what the Lord is requiring us from the law from us today. So if we are ready to do that, the Lord is ready to do a good work in you. The Lord is ready to do a start. The Lord is ready to begin a good work in you starting from today and, it, and he will complete it. He will complete it. That is the desire of God for you today. So can we recognize when the Holy Spirit corrects us and say, Lord, and humble down and say, God, I know I have done sin. I've committed a sin. And that, that is what King David did. Every time he committed a sin, he would come back to the presence of God and say, God, I have sinned. What did the prodigal son do? He recognized his mistake. He recognized his sin and said, Father, I have committed a sin. Not only to you, but also to heaven. That recognition reinstates us back to the sonship. That recognition will give us the position as son in the kingdom of God, in the house of God. If we are unrepentant like Cain, we will be thrown out. We will, God does not have to throw us out, but we ourselves will walk away from the house of God. Let us be repentant. Let us recognize the correction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can we all bow down our heads, look unto the Lord, and take this time to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal the sinful ways inside of me, God. Reveal my disobedience. Reveal my silent rebellion. 
reveal those things which are in me that is not pleasing to you, God. Help me walk in righteousness. Help me walk in godliness. And help me stay in your presence forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.